Happy New Year, of course, to all our listeners and guests so far. And I hope January is a lot brighter uh, than the weather right now. Now, with this particular guest, I'm really glad she agreed to do the first podcast of 2018. And I actually had to turn down doing the interview on her awesome houseboat, but very excited to listen to her story uh, as well. So today's guest has been described as creating the next LinkedIn for creatives. And with an incredible investment round and a substantial award from the Sunday Times, I know 2018 is going to be very exciting. So without further ado, let's welcome Pip Jameson to the Girls in Movement podcast. Welcome, Pip. Yay. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, brilliant. So I, I'm chatting away to you, as you said, from my houseboat called Horace in King's Cross. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice to be recording from the houseboat. <laughs> I know when you told me I was like well that's impressive so usually I my first question is always okay tell me about your role and your journey but my first question is what's it like living on a houseboat and how did this happen? It is amazing I mean London is such an expensive place to live these days um, so it's probably one of the cheaper ways to live in London um, but it's also it's kind of magical because you feel like you're living in the country in the middle of a major city and you know I wake up every morning and I've got the water there and I can see the ducks and it's actually quite sort of you know zen um so it's pretty good for like mindfulness and I also started the docks on Horace so we got to about six of us on the boat before it became a bit of a <laughs> health and safety issue so I, I you know there were a couple of times where I nearly lost a couple of teammates over the side of Horace so we had to move to an office around the corner <laughs> safety getting in the way a little there. <laughs> love it yeah, exactly. so, um, so I suppose what is the background to uh, the dots and the sort of journey to how you got to this startup um, business yeah so yeah people kind of call us LinkedIn for the creative industries and um, actually Forbes very kindly asked if we were the next LinkedIn um, I guess we look after a community of creators. Um, so these are people that are actually coming up with ideas and building teams around them to execute on those ideas. So it could be um, anyone who has a creative concept. So it, I mean, my definition of creativity is very broad. So it can be someone who's coming up with the idea for an app or a startup all the way to someone who's coming up with the idea for a magazine, a podcast, um, who's working on an advertising campaign, who wants to redesign a building but everything our community have in common is they want to promote the work that they've done and the people in teams behind them and then off the back of that if people invest time in us we want to help them with their career so they either find it as a really useful tool to promote themselves network with collaborators but also find jobs as well nice it's really cool and what was your sort of how did you get to the sort of ideas around the dot and you thought okay yeah this is what i want to start up <laughs> Yeah, it was really strange. Like, I was never one of those people, like, I want to be an entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> I, um, I, I used to work in the creative industries, and um, I primarily was working for Viacom for MTV and Nickelodeon. And Ooh. it was there I just realized that there was just nothing online that was designed for me and my friends. Like, LinkedIn had been designed for that more traditional white-collar workforce. Um, so we were working in really different ways at MTV um, than that sort of, if you worked at, say, 
PwC in the city. So the way we were working is a lot of the work we were doing was more creative based. It was um, either image based or video based or audio based. Um, also, our careers are a lot more fluid. So if you're in a traditional white collar career, you tend to have this sort of like career ladder. But we were working on multiple projects at any one time. Um, so it was a much more fluid way of working. Um, lots of my friends are freelancing. I had loads of mates who were kind of adopting portfolio careers. So, you know, they might be working at MTV, but they were also, they were DJing on the side or they were starting their own magazine or their own blog. And like LinkedIn was just built around a very linear workforce. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to create a different way. And also while I was at MTV, I was just really struggling finding really fresh new talent. And if I put, for example, a job on a job board, I was just inundated with people who weren't relevant to the role. Yeah. And so the way we ended up hiring people at MTV, we were just asking for recommendations from friends to friends, especially when it came to freelancing. But then our kind of talent pool got really stale mm. and I wasn't getting this fresh injection of ideas and skills into the business. And, and I just really wanted to have another way where I could discover brilliant talent to bring into MTV mm. to work on certain projects. And it's sort of like, no more from there. So it was very much, I just wanted to build something to fix problems I was having. And then I guess the rest as they say is history. <laughs> and when a sort of, how does it work from the kind of user's journey with the dots? So they realize that they, obviously they have a talent, they may have another side job. What do they have to do? And, and what's your sort of interaction with them? Yeah, so the first thing people do when they get to the dots is they promote themselves. And they do this in a very different way for LinkedIn. So LinkedIn's around like you put your CV up, but what, what actually are you doing behind the scenes? Mm. So the way the dots work is people post projects and then they tag the full team around that project. So mm. someone can say, okay, yeah, I've decided to come up with this idea for an app. Um, they'll say, right, this is the app. This was the designer. This was the coder. This was the growth hacker. And it kind of works like a living wiki of projects and the people and teams behind it. So, you know, with this podcast, it could, this podcast could go up and it would be like, okay, you're the host. I'm the one that's being interviewed. And that's how the site all tracks through. It's a bit like a, yeah, it's a bit like a community driven IMDB. Nice. Um, and then off that, it makes it really easy for, we work with around 6,000 companies now across the creative industry so everyone from tech companies like google to arts organizations like the tape to fashion houses like burberry and then those companies can go on and search for projects they love and find the people and teams behind those projects to hire for projects so it's really exciting to see yeah. it all sort of go from there <laughs> exciting i mean it must have been an exciting moment when you kind of had the first person hired from the kind of projects that was uploaded to the dots. I mean, what's probably one of your most standout, either it's a project or individual that's been placed in a company, would you say? Yeah, I mean, every, my favorite bit is every time we hear someone's got an amazing role. <laughs> so like I literally on the first week, I got a email from a freelancer saying, I just got my dream job. And it was so like, it just was that amazing feeling where you come up with an idea, but you never quite know if it's gonna work. <laughs> um, and so I was like, oh my gosh, it's working. Um, I think recently we've been doing, so a lot of what we do is um, grounded in diversity. Um, I'm a sole female founder, um, tech founder. There's, there's not many of us. We're kind of rarer than hens do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, um, 
you know, a big thing about the dots is helping the businesses we work with connect with brilliant, diverse talent that wouldn't necessarily get their foot in the door. So actually, I got an email recently from this amazing um, guy on the dots who um, he went through a program called DNA D Shift, which takes kids who have never had a university background, um, who never even thought of the creative industries. And he just got a job at Warner Music and he sent, he sent my team a poem. Um, and it was this lovely poem about how he changed his life. And, and for me, like, you know, it's moments like that. It's, it's helping make the creative industries more accessible for not only people who already work in it, but for me, it's more importantly for people who'd never even think that they could work at these incredible companies. And when we open up those doors, that just just is the most incredible feeling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing when you get someone saying, I've landed my dream job. I mean, it's very rare to hear that from individuals and people who are so young as well. I think people have that mentality that they have to go through the slog of a corporate world, then maybe they'll get their dream job eventually. But you've then got a kind of pot, which I think of the startup world where if someone's got an idea, they'll kind of work on it on the side of what they're doing as well. And that's what, that's what I love. And platforms like yourselves, it gives them more of a kind of put their name out there a bit more. And I mean, you guys got 6,000 companies. That's, that's mad. <laughs> so many, so many <laughs> that you've just got at your fingertips. And yeah. And I like kind of like with LinkedIn, it's, I don't want to say stale because I just think the jobs are very, it turns into a real dog eat dog recruitment. Um, and it's, it's not exciting anymore like it used to be. And I think when you're in the creative world, LinkedIn is probably not the best platform. So yeah, this is, this is great. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I had this magic moment where I started at MTV and I like, I loved my job so much. And yeah. it's so weird when I was growing up, there was that perception, like, you know, you did a job to make money so that you could have a life yeah. and I suddenly realized that I was at MTV and I was like I love this like I'm loving going to work every day and you, you know you really can enjoy what you do from you know nine to five and you spend so much of your life in work yeah. like why why not enjoy work just so you can make money to enjoy your social life and you know I, my, my mantra is life is short work somewhere awesome because life is short and we should all I really want every everyone on the dots to have the same feeling I've had because I think if you love what you do you're really good at what you do too and that just makes for a better industry and that just makes for more happiness for everyone and so I think LinkedIn's all about let's make as much money as possible yeah. and I'm more like you know let's all be happy with what we do like let's enjoy the work we do and the people we work with and the projects we're working on and that that's what makes that's what drives me every day. <laughs> Great. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more there. <laughs> um, so you touched on a point in terms of kind of diversity and you must see kind of different talent coming onto the platform and where they're being placed. I mean, what's your sort of uh, kind of opinions on diversity in the workplace at the moment? I mean, there's a real shift kind of over the past two years, but do you think enough is being done? I mean, not just in the UK, but across the world, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I experienced firsthand at MTV how dangerous it is when you don't have a diverse workforce. Yeah. Because when everyone has a very similar background or comes from very similar places and very similar sort of skill sets, what you start having with, especially with creativity, is creativity starts getting really stale. Because yeah. if you all think the same, you're not going to come up with different creative solutions. And what I love about the businesses that we work with is the most forward-thinking businesses, they get this now. They realize, like, I, I, I'm really excited that the diversity debate is starting to move on from is diversity good? Actually, most businesses now know that it's 
definitely better for creativity, it's better for profitability. And actually, there's just been research that's come out that said diversity in the workplace leads um, greater employee happiness. So the more diverse the team, the happier that team is, which is just epic. Yeah. So I think that the debate is kind of moving on from is diversity good? I think the next sort of kind of hill we have to climb is a lot of companies, they're still struggling to build up diverse talent pools because they're going to their old sources, they're going to LinkedIn, or they're just hiring through recommendations. And I guess that's what we're trying to solve is, you know, there is this amazing diverse talent and we put it front and center at the dots and obviously there's still the some of the old guards that just aren't interested but i'm really excited because i think that they're just going to be out competed by everyone that is putting diversity at the top of their agenda um so so we're actually 61 percent female on the dots for example which um um i um, someone gave me a bit of shit for on twitter recently because they were like oh that's not very diverse and i was like well the thing is, is LinkedIn actually skews the other way. And so if we're offering the companies we work with more women, I'm really happy to do that because you, if you want more, more men, go, go to LinkedIn. But, you know, we're, we're, we're where the diverse talent is, which is really exciting. Definitely. I think um, it was interesting because I was talking to a male founder uh, yesterday and he's, been, he's had his company for about 15 years now. And he said, we went through a hiring process and it's only the past two years that it, that it sort of changed but he was sat in the boardroom and he looked at his team and they were all male and they were all people that he had known from previous kind of jobs and his background and stuff and he goes I, I, he had that aha moment that okay I need more women in the workplace but I need creative individuals as well because everything's getting too stale so exactly what you're saying there it it starts from the top and I think the individual who's who's looking after the company who's looking after the hiring as well needs to realize okay it's it, it's not even just okay, male or female, but who's going to be the best for the job? Who's going to kind of bring that fresh injection? And I think this whole idea of referring a friend into the business, I mean, that has to change because you do need different eyes on, especially when it comes to the creative world. You need you need kind of different people from different walks of life to input into projects um, and kind of ideas. A hundred percent. And, you know, Steve Jobs actually said this brilliant thing where, you know, creativity is about, you know, connecting the dots, sorry, <laughs> in your past. But, um, you know, it's all about, you know, bringing to the table all your past experiences and thoughts around there. But if we're all the same, we're all having very similar experiences. And so what we're bringing to the table is very similar. Yeah. And actually, we've done a lot of research um, internally in, for example, how people use products. Um, so, for example, we did research on, um, how women use products and how men use products and there are distinct differences and I'm talking in averages because there's always outliers on both sides but on average for example um, men prefer to use free search text um, while women prefer to use some sort of signposting so drop downs or or some sort of pills or so what it means is if you have an all-male or primarily male engineering and design team, you subconsciously build a more masculine product mm. and you're not actually creating a product that's for everyone. And it actually, you look at LinkedIn and you totally get that. LinkedIn feels very masculine mm. and that's because they're primary male engineering and product team. But what that's doing is it's making it not accessible for a huge portion of, of the workforce. And actually with LinkedIn and with us most of our clients are women because these are um, women who are searching for talent so if you're producing a product that is very masculine you're actually going against your clients so 
and and it, it swings both ways. Funnily enough, I, I created a newsletter recently and um, my product manager turned around to me and he was like, Pip, do you realize that everyone in that newsletter is female? <laughs> and so I'm biased too, you know, it's not just men. So that's why it's not, it shouldn't be an all female team or an all male team. It has to be a diverse team yeah. because otherwise you are creating things subconsciously mm. that are more masculine or feminine and not for everyone. And that's what product should be for everyone. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, from your experience, so obviously Girls in Movement is all about kind of uh, mentoring and this idea of the startup world and your, your kind of idea from MTV, it just came from experience, I suppose, like most great startups do. What would you say is the importance of mentoring for a potential entrepreneur out there? Oh, mentoring is just critical. I mean, I've pretty much got a mentor for every single part of my business. Actually, I've probably got about two or three for every part of my business. So, you know, I'll have mentors who are specifically in kind of finance, you know, raising capital world. I'll have mentors who are around growth. I'll have mentors around creativity. So, for example, Sir John Hegarty, who's one of the UK's creative legends as my mentor when it comes to creative and branding. Yeah. Um, so I have mentors all over the place. I mean, it's taken me years to build them up. Mm. Um, and, and I don't, I don't kind of, they're, they're very much friends, I guess now. And it's, I, I have, I've actually never done that formal let's catch up every month sort of mentoring process. It's more when I have a problem, I know I've got this kind of list of incredible people that I can go to and brainstorm a solution with and it's just beyond useful working with people who've done it been there have made all the mistakes <laughs> and so you can avoid the mistakes um instead of trying to do everything yourself because you can't when you're you, you know you can't know everything and there's a brilliant people who know more about certain topics than you do so tapping into those has been so critical for my career 100 percent, and especially when that kind of input like you say you you don't have the knowledge of everything that's why you hire kind of hire specialists to do the job for you because they're a lot better at doing it and personally the kind of idea around a mentor is okay I mean most of my mentors I either used to work for them or were in a business with them but they've kind of turned into that friendship level where it is when I've got a problem it's like okay what do I have to do what you tell me what you where you went wrong so I kind of don't make the same mistake but yeah very useful I think so, Absolutely. <laughs> so you were named uh, by the Sunday Times in kind of as one of the top 100 entrepreneurs for 2017. Tell me more about that. How did that come about and kind of what has it done for the dots? Yeah, I mean, how did it come about? Do you know what? I really don't really know. Um, <laughs> and it was such the biggest honour ever. So, yeah, it was the top 100 disruptive entrepreneurs. And it was so funny, actually, the day it came out, I went to a tech conference and um, one of my great friends, Marina, she was so excited. She was telling everyone of the queue. And there was a guy next to me who goes, oh, was that a woman's list? And I was like, <laughs> oh my no, God. it was just the list. Um, oh, it's just, it was actually, um, it was amazing in terms of obviously the doors are open for you. I think the other thing was, um, it was serendipitous because I was actually raising funding um, while that came out. And, you know, being a founder and you find serendipity kind of clicks in sometimes. Um, but, you know, I've been a big believer in getting out there, meeting people. And I think, 
you know, I, I, I started doing, you know, really small talks and just going out there and meeting and meeting. And I think it sort of all builds from there. And the next thing you're in, in the Sunday Times, it's one of those things that I don't think you ever, you ever go after, right, I want to be in the Sunday Times as a top entrepreneur. It happens. Yeah, but if you really graft your way up to it, things like that happen, which is amazing. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely something to be proud of. And especially when you're raising kind of finance. I mean, I've worked for a couple of startups and going through kind of, uh, different rounds of funding it's really hard and and being so close to the founder you see the pressures on them to kind of not only because they're carrying a team around them and it's kind of you have that bit, the thought every day okay oh my god what do I do if I don't raise the funding and they're like no snap out of it we're gonna raise the funding so it's really kind of up and down so I bet this definitely kind of helped for that not only getting the name out there even more but as you say it's kind of serendipity between it all really cool yeah it was amazing. And funding's always the hardest thing for any founder. I mean, more so like it's hard in itself, but it's actually that, that every moment you're spending raising, you're not spending building the business. And that's kind of heartbreaking because as a founder, you want to be building and adding value. And, you know, it's a, it's a necessary evil for some businesses. Not all businesses have to raise money, but for mine, we do. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things where you're like out there pitching, knowing I know this is the best thing for the business, but at the same time, I would love to be back at the office leading the team and building it forward. So yeah, it's, um, if only it happened quicker than it does. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so how big is the team now? And um, kind of the, where where is like the office and stuff I mean you you mentioned you started off on the houseboat so how did it grow yeah so we started we started on the houseboat there was two of us that came to six in the houseboat um, we're now at 31 um, our office is based in Shoreditch which is in East London and my boat is in King's Cross so I, I can cycle to work in 20 minutes every day, which is pure heaven. Um, I always have a speaker on the front of my boat. <laughs> I'm on the front of my bike. Um, so I listen to audible books, work books on the way to work. And um, yeah, I've just got, I've got an incredible team. I'm, you know, they've, they, a, a number of them, this is actually my second business. So a number of them used to work for my previous business. Um, so we've kind of got that longevity of working together and, uh, yeah, it's kind of that really exciting time. We raised four million just before Christmas, so we're in that kind of crazy scale-up mode at the moment, which is always fun. <laughs> so what is um, exciting that's coming up in 2018? Yeah, so our app literally just went live in the App Store. Oh, so to cool. date, the, um, the whole Dots experience has been browser-based, and the reason that's the case is because all our clients, um, look for talent on a browser experience while they're at work. However, our community has been like banging down our door for an app experience. Um, partly because if, for example, a company contacts someone, like Google contacts someone to work on a project, if they're in another office, they don't particularly want to do it in front of their boss yeah. and respond to that email. <laughs> so, um, so the biggest, biggest request we have for our community is please have an app so literally that went live in the app store just now wow. which is very exciting um and for us you know this whole year is uh we're around a quarter of a million members already but there's about three million people that work in the creative industries in the uk so it's about accelerating that growth but also starting to develop a roadmap for international expansion so about 30 percent of our community is based outside of the uk so um all people who kind of a creatively minded, really want to travel for their, their career at some point. They want to work in Berlin or New York. or So the next stage for the dots will be actually starting to roll out the product in 
into um, into different regions once we've developed the roadmap. And then the final piece of the puzzle is we've got so much data on the dot, so it's um, developing a machine learning strategy around that data. So it's going to be a very, very, very exciting, if you know, full on year. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all good stuff, and you can't beat a startup without too much data. To be honest, it's like the the buzzword of the startup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so my kind of final question, and what I ask all my guests is, if you could give your younger self any advice, what would it be? Ooh, um, so team is everything. Every founder will tell you that. Um, so I think um, the experience I had from my first business is I made a couple of really bad hiring mistakes. Um, and I there were two things I did wrong. One, um, for example, I had someone who um, was absolutely exceptional at his job in a corporate environment, but just really didn't fit in in the startup environment. Um, you know, he just had been too used to having a team around him and them doing everything. He wasn't very good at rolling his sleeves up and fixing things like his email problems. And mm. um, I should have got rid of him straight away. Um, I knew my gut was telling me from the first week that he wasn't right for the business. However, I was kind of, you know, my, my you know, as a woman leader, my inclination back then was, you know, trying to support and bring him through and but what actually started happening is one bad apple really starts rotting the barrel. Really? So my my sort of advice to my younger self would be trust your gut. Mm. Um, I think guts often underestimated in technology, but actually we are the most sophisticated machines yeah. that exist. We take in millions and millions of inputs and we synthesize those inputs. And so I should have trusted my gut. And then the thing I've done subsequently after learning from that experience was only hire positive people and I don't mean like positivity for positivity's sake all my team are absolutely meant to challenge me but what I mean by that is people that are focused on solutions not problems yeah. and from the moment I put positivity as our core value everything changed the team I built around me are unbelievable and that's because it's a really positive productive can do environment which makes it happy for them but it also means that it takes the stress off me and so if I could tell my younger self it would be trust my gut and only hire positive people <laughs> love it and I, to be honest I think that's was that's the best way to end this podcast because I think when you look at kind of uh the start of world and and where it is it's all about the people that you hire and that I've learned that myself and the people around you and when you come from a corporate world and you come into the startup world, when you're, when you're in a startup, you have to be the legal team, the IT team, the accountant, everything all in one. And you just kind of have to learn it as you go along. So, yeah, it's uh, you need to be positive and just know that you can fix the problem rather than keep talking about it. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, there's no place for windows in startups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not enough time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> not enough time at all anyway thank you so much Pip um, really enjoyed this conversation uh, everyone this podcast will go live on iTunes uh, as well as YouTube and all the social media platforms as well I'll put all the details of Pip uh, Pip's kind of social media and obviously the Dots social pages and the website as well if you're interested so thank you Pip uh, much appreciated oh thank you it's been brilliant <laughs> thank you bye <laughs> Thank you.